Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. Several months ago, I interviewed Reggie Bythewood about his series Swagger, which shot two seasons here. You may also remember me mentioning an auction of film props a few weeks ago. This was also for Swagger, which unfortunately was not renewed for a third season. I'll have a link to my podcast on Swagger on the webpage for the show at tvjerry.com. You know, I got to help coordinate sneaking it in and making sure that nobody saw it until we all sang happy birthday to him at lunch. That was Catherine Hatam talking about setting up a surprise birthday present for Alexander Skarsgård on the movie she was on. Catherine has worked as an indie film producer, but more often as an assistant director on films. And first off, an AD is not the director's assistant, but part of the production team responsible for plenty. She'll explain more, plus the difference between a second and third AD, in today's interview. Sifter Review of the Week Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. Monarch is a follow-up to the previous Godzilla that devastated San Francisco in the 2014 movie. A number of other titans are starting to emerge, threatening the world yet again. It's up to a band of people who are related in various ways to discover the secrets behind the titular company, including the joy of watching Wyatt Russell and his father, Kurt Russell, playing the same character many years apart. While most of the recent films featuring this monster have been pretty horrible, I haven't seen the current one that's out there, this series actually has a lot going for it. There are great action sequences, cool monsters, and a narrative that clips along without too much dialogue. The conspiracy behind the behemoths remains a mystery, but there's sufficient fun to make it worth watching the rest of the series. This review is based on four out of ten one-hour episodes. I gave Monarch Legacy of Monsters three and a half out of five stars. Catherine Hatam, welcome to Sifter for the Ear. First of all, Tell people, what is an assistant director? I would say an assistant director is a combination of a cruise director and a drill sergeant (laughs) and a worry wart. It's a very logistics heavy job, a very communication heavy job, a very um, detail oriented, but also big picture sort of jobs. Give me some examples of day to day what that would mean in terms of being an AD. An assistant director is not the director's assistant. It is our job to be aware of all the craziness that's going on, being able to adapt on the fly because, you know, the weather changes or an actor's schedule changes or, heaven forbid, somebody gets COVID um, or even has a head cold and you can't stop the train once it's moving. For that example, say somebody calls and says, I just can't come in today and it's one of the major roles. What is it AD's responsibility at that point? If I got word late at night or first thing in the morning that our key actor for the day was sick, then at that point, we of course want them to quarantine and be safe and get better. So at that point, you start to try the problem solving wheels of what else could we film without them? Now, sometimes there are scenes where it makes sense to get parts of that big scene without the key actor. There are other times where that does not make sense. And that's a communication with your director as well as your director of photography to see if it makes sense to try and film some of the planned work for the day without that key role, or if that would just, it would be work for the sake of work. How is that different from a producer? My first job in film was as an indie producer. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was backwards. On a larger project, a producer, of course, has the broad strokes and the overview and is making sure that investors and higher level folks are happy. They're helping with the higher top level stuff, whereas an AD is more responsible for the granular day to day. You know, what camera angle did we miss three days ago that we need to circle back for? One thing you see on movies a lot of times is there's somebody that's saying, "Okay, quiet on the set. Okay, roll sound, all those things. And obviously the director usually says action, but that's the first AD saying all those things, right? Organizing the whole set, essentially. Sure. That's where the joke of the drill sergeant comes in is, unfortunately, we do have to raise our volume against any of the crowd noise that might be um, occurring as people do their day-to-day work. And when costumes and hair and makeup are stepping in for their last looks, that takes a minute. And sometimes it takes talking. So being understanding of all of the moving parts and giving everybody the space to facilitate their best work, I think is important. It all works like a crazy symphony and there's a method to the madness. I want to ask you more about ADs and some of the films you worked on and what a second and a third AD is, but you mentioned you were a producer and we have a producer who wanted to drop in and say hello, a friend of yours. Surprise guest drop in. Hey. Captain. Oh, hi, Lisa. Footnote. Lisa N. Alexander is a filmmaker and storyteller based out of Houston. How do you two know each other? We know each other because we are working on a project that is currently in pre-production. It's a film that I wrote, I'll direct, and am currently producing called My Father the Queen. I was investigating on how to get my film funded. And one of the things that I learned is that there are tax incentives. So I called my tax person and said, this is what I want to do. And she says, you really need to meet Catherine. And it was the most wonderful connection that I have been given so far when it comes to this film. Wow, great. In what way? I've done documentary work. So my work, this is my first feature film. My Father the Queen is my first feature film. So what Catherine brings to the table is all this wonderful experience that is opposite of my documentary work. Right, right. And so everything just flows so much better. And she brings a certain skill set and knowledge to the set and to me personally. So it's been a wonderful relationship. Great, great. Mm -hmm. And before we let you go, you got to tell us that title. That's an intriguing title. What's the story behind this movie? Sure. This is a Black daughter story about what it is to grow up with a closeted gay father and the trauma that they both go through and then what their healing journey looks like. So the film covers the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, current day. So we get to follow their journey and, and see what happens and Um, explore their paths. So Catherine, what have you got to tell us about working with Lisa? I'm going to brag on, you know, lady boss, lady boss relationships a little bit. When you are in a friendship and a business working relationship with another woman who gets it, who supports you, who celebrates your victories, and will also say kindly, hey, just so you know, you spelled that thing wrong. (laughs) Right. And nobody gets an ego about it. It is not that Lisa ever spells anything wrong. She would never. (laughs) She would never. Oh, you're being kind. Thank you. And Lisa, we'll look forward to getting you back on the show when it's ready to be broadcast or to be shown in the theaters. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye, Catherine. Bye. I'll talk to you later, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. So what's the difference between a second AD and a third AD and even a fourth AD? Sure. A second AD is usually in charge of what we call base camp. So 
a first AD lives on set. So wherever the camera is filming that set, right? The second AD is managing the workflow at base camp, coordinating with the hair and makeup team, costume team, any props that need to happen that can possibly be done before people come to set. All of those things are the second AD's world. So when you see in a movie, somebody knocks on the trailer door of one of the stars, is that going to be a second AD probably, or even a third? Correct. It would be either a second AD or a base camp PA. Third AD, is that going even further afield? How is that different from second? So the funny thing is it goes set, base camp set. A third AD very frequently overseas, especially in Great Britain, Australia, they're called third ADs. In the US, they're frequently called second seconds, <laughs> um, <laughs> which which gets a little confusing. And right. the computer tries to correct you when you write that. A second second is the the right hand of the first AD on set. So very frequently they are helping manage larger crowd scenes. They're frequently in charge of quote unquote setting the background, which means communicating with our background actors and all the people who support them as far as props, costumes, et cetera, to get them on set in the right places, doing realistic movements and traffic flow. Years ago, one of the first movies that ever played Richmond, I decided to do a day play on it. I mean, you know, background just for the fun of it. It was tedious and I'll never do it again. But it was interesting because the second second AD was the one that say, okay, now go. Now you go. And, mm-hmm. you know, timing all that background because we were just in the background of the dialogue. Sure. So it is kind of an interesting process. So tell me some interesting stories about some experiences you had as an AD. I did get an amazing chance to work on Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret in Charlotte, North Carolina. That was a really fun shoot. Footnote. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret is currently streaming and was taken from the Judy Bloom coming of age novel. And that is a story that I personally do not remember reading growing up, but so many of my friends, folks who are both older and younger than me, remember that story growing up by Judy Bloom. Right. I definitely remember reading the Fudge series by Judy Bloom and getting to meet her was really, really amazing. So that was a very cool project. Rachel McAdams is a sweetheart. And honestly, the entire cast was incredibly wonderful. One that is new that you will not have seen yet, but I hope will be out soon, is Eric LaRue. That one was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, and was Michael Shannon's directorial debut. Footnote. Eric LaRue is about the mother of a teenager who shot and killed three of his classmates, starring Alexander Sarsgaard, Allison Pill, and Judy Greer. Judy Greer was our our number one in that, along with Alexander Skarsgård. Both of those humans are amazing, such sweet people. And they are definitely one of those A-list groups that I would say it's nice to see them both as wonderful actors and wonderful humans. So any good stories about either one of those movies? Oh, gosh. We got to celebrate Alexander Skarsgård's birthday. So that was cool. Um, somebody got him an absolutely massive edible arrangements. He shared it with the entire crew because he's a sweetheart. On that arrangement was a balloon. <laughs> and that balloon escaped as he was getting out of a transpo van. And the look of like sadness on his face was absolutely adorable. Oh. Um, you could tell he really appreciated the gift. And right, it was... Right. Oh no, my balloon's gone. So seeing somebody that you 
know as a Viking and Tarzan, right. who is now looking longingly up at the sky as a balloon floats away, was right. was an adorable experience oh, cool. for sure. And you didn't have anything to, to arrange with that arrangement. You just happened to be there on set when it was brought in. You know, I got to help coordinate sneaking it in and making sure that nobody saw it until we all sang happy birthday to him at lunch. Oh, cool. Cool. Great. Okay. Yeah, there that's you go. kind of an atypical logistics support role for an AD, but at the same point, it happens. Yeah, And right. those wonderful human moments are really great. I would say that whether you're a first team PA who's supporting the cast and getting them to set on time and you get to help coordinate a birthday phone call when the actor's, you know, young child is celebrating a birthday and they can't be with them. Those are the human moments that I think are really lovely that do have something to do with your job and supporting logistics, but at the same point are very, very human. And anything on the Judy Bloom that you uh, remember that was kind of cool or that you got to work with? That film was very well run and well supported when it came to logistics. So there weren't any crazy hangups. But during Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, we were filming during COVID. And it Uh, was not peak, peak COVID time, but it was, okay, we've been here for a while. There's an established procedure. You have to quarantine if you're sick, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things I helped manage for that actually was an added aspect. So because we had so many background actors who not only had to be on set, but they had to be on set in period costume. And that meant that they had to come in for fittings. And in order to do that, they also had to COVID test three days before they came in for fittings. Then they had to test between their fitting and their filming date if it was not less than three days away, which if things were working appropriately, it wasn't. So that was an added step, I would say, in the AD logistics process of making sure that you're coordinating with casting so that casting can get background actors the appropriate information about testing. Then you're coordinating with the COVID department for the movie itself to make sure that you have results before the folks show up with the fittings where they are interacting with both costumers, myself, part of the AD team, as well as then other background as they're coming in and out. Then making sure that I, as the AD in that room, have all their information from their fitting, but also make sure that they know their next testing date and their filming date involving four departments. Did I count that appropriately? You've got casting, you've got ADs, you've got COVID department, and you've got costumes all involved before folks even show up on set. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gotten a little easier now, but I know there's still some COVID protocols. Yeah. The protocols have certainly been relaxed, but you know, both in the filming world and real life, there are certainly COVID peaks still going on, which we have started taking as everyday occurrences. As far as the scramble to to work around schedules and all that kind of fun stuff, that's pretty standard for us. And I, I know that that is kind of anticlimactic, but as far as an actor getting sick, I have certainly been on films, especially during COVID. You have to circle back to the puzzle pieces of the schedule in the granular knowledge of what scenes are filmed at different locations. That's where an AD can step in and say, okay, we need this cast member for this group of scenes. This group of scenes takes place at this set location. 
we cannot move yet to our new location, whether it's a house out in the middle of nowhere or Kasachi National Forest, um, because we don't have that time reserved. So you get on the horn with locations and say, hey, is there any chance we can get into this location early? Right. If that answer comes back as no, you investigate your other puzzle pieces. For instance, any given actor was not scheduled to fly in for another week, but is there any way we can get them this week rather than next week? Will that work with this schedule? So then you get on the horn with casting and say, hey, casting, can you call the agent and the manager and see if there's any way that we can right. get right. the actor there sooner? So what's next for you? I know you're moving into producing more. Are you abandoning all AD work or are you still doing a little bit of both? No, I've been kind of straddling those two roles for a while. So I AD projects that are frequently other people's projects. And I help directors realize their vision, plan out different shooting schedules, help maximize budgets. But at the same time, I have several different projects in development. We we heard from the wonderful, fabulous Lisa and Alexander, who is doing My Father the Queen with me. I am also currently working on an amazing project called King of Spring, which is a lacrosse film for anybody who is interested in that okay. world. The great thing about King of Spring is that it does touch on a lot of teamwork. You do get to see a character story unfold there. And it also has some really amazing Native American elements because as folks might know, lacrosse originated with the indigenous communities of North America. So I've got that project going. There's also a Bigfoot movie. There is a mermaid short out in LA that I'm trying to support as well. So when you're not on set producing or being an AD, what do you like to watch? Oh, gosh. Um, when there's time, I just started The Bear. And okay. I did work in restaurants when I was fresh out of college. So that has been a, a wonderful exercise in PTSD, as well <laughs> as I think a wonderfully shot series. I am still very early in the series, but I'm enjoying it a lot. Seemed like everybody except me. I just thought it was a bunch of angry people, unhappy people yelling at each other. Oh, it absolutely is. Well, here's my question for you, Jerry. Did you work in restaurants at all? I was a waiter for a little while, but never back of the house. I My experience kind of spread from waitstaff, bartender, and I did a little bit of back of the house coordination. So for better or for worse, I think that unfortunately it is pretty accurate in how toxic in right, um, right. certain environments can get. The thing that I've found refreshing thus far in the series is that everybody has their flaws as well as high points. Example of that, I did just recently see the menu as well. Enjoyed it. Interesting film, yeah. Oh gosh, so so creepy and, yeah. and crazy, but on that that same cooking ego that whole world. I think they did an amazing job at representing that. What else have I seen recently? I saw Prey. I really love the strides that we're starting to make with Native representation. I think that the Indigenous peoples of the Americas, as well as all across the world, deserve way more time and representation in front of the camera, as well as um, behind the scenes. And some of my projects are focusing on that. But I thought Prey was great. That was okay. Yeah. I really enjoy how they did use authentic um, Choctaw language 
I have recently, both during COVID and afterwards, during unfortunately strike time, have been catching up on all the buzzy movies that I should have watched earlier Uh or the movies that I worked on that I hadn't gotten to see yet. Harriet just hit Netflix. That's a Virginia Films um, project. Highly recommend. Cynthia and Vero is a queen. Um, The cast on that in general was all incredibly kind and they were, you know, out in the cold and the wet alternated with blistering hot in wool multi-layered costumes because once again period piece well Catherine, i want to thank you so much it's been fascinating learning a little bit more getting behind the scenes to hear more about what ad's do and hopefully we'll have you back when you've got one of your produced projects ready to talk about i certainly hope so and thank you so much jerry that was Catherine hatam who's worked as an indie film producer but more often as an assistant director on films Coming soon, in theaters. The Boy and the Heron, an animated film from Japan about a boy who ventures into a world shared by the living and the dead. The Cello, in this thriller, an aspiring cellist finds his instrument carries evil, with Jeremy Irons and Tobin Bell, who's best known for the Saw movies. The Perfect Christmas, yet another holiday comedy about a black family and the holidays. Fast Charlie, based on the novel about a fixer, played by Pierce Brosnan, who must find the head of a victim in order to get paid. Eileen. Anne Hathaway plays a prison psychologist whose friendship with a co-worker turns sinister, from the director of Lady Macbeth. The Oath. This action adventure is set in ancient America, 400 A.D., and was written, directed, and stars Darren Scott. TV and streaming. Leave the World Behind on Netflix. This hot new drama from the creator of Mr. Robot stars Julia Roberts, Marcella Ali, and Ethan Hawke, who are facing a mysterious world event and strangers at their door. Something from Tiffany's on Prime. Zoe Deutsch and Shay Miller star in this rom-com that revolves around two couples whose Christmas gifts get mixed up, including an engagement ring. It's a Wonderful Binge on Hulu. In this world, drugs and alcohol are only legal one day a year, and this film follows a group of adults whose binge day is moved to Christmas Eve. Merry Little Batman on Amazon. This animated film features Damian Wayne shortly after finding himself orphaned at Wayne Manor. Kevin Hart and Chris Rock, headliners only on Netflix. This documentary follows these two comics as they talk about their lives while on tour. Your Christmas or Mine Too on Amazon Prime. Asa Butterfield and Jane Krakowski star in this sequel. Culprits on Hulu. The crew that pulls off a heist disperses, only to be targeted by a killer. Do you know what a DCP is? Find out on next week's show when we get deeper into the technical woods of filmmaking with guest Stace Carter. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.